Uh, let me start with a, a bit of a, a history uh, lesson. Um, we, uh, uh, Paul and I, we took a bunch of people, I think seven of us, uh, through uh, I think our fourth or fifth Belong course. So Belong, if you didn't already know, is our, is our membership course. And in our second week, uh, we talk about what our church believes in. Um, so we're evangelical, we're reformed, uh, we use these uh, terms. And uh, uh, the reason why we identify with these terms is because um, it, it roots us in the historic tradition of Christianity. And I think in particular, uh, the greatest kinds of Christians that uh, you may or may not be aware that, that we trace our roots back to uh, are the Puritans. Um, so the Puritans were uh, mostly known for, uh, I think, the first settlers that uh, settled America. We're Australian, so we don't really know that. Um, you might have never heard of the uh, word Puritan, but you would have heard, hopefully, people like John Piper, uh, Tim Keller, and Matt Chandler. Um, these are pastors that we know and respect, that we listen to on podcasts and so on. Um, they would trace their uh, roots um, and their uh, convictions back to the Puritans. So the Puritans were what we would call uh, super-Christians. Um, they were the Christians that we would look up to. Um, they were the Christians that we would think of as going, mm, we would, I wish that someday I would be like them. Um, so they were great Christians. However, they were still human. Um, and because they were human, they had their faults. And one of their faults is they kind of took uh, holiness. If you could take holiness too seriously, uh, it was the Puritans. Um, I think holiness should be taken more seriously, of course, but these guys kind of took it to the next level. What I mean by that is the Puritans uh, were so obsessed about uh, being more like Jesus, being like God, um, living out their lives in accordance to God's will, that they would ban everything that we would now define as fun things to do. So these were the people that would ban sports. So you can't play sports in their Puritan communities. Uh, they would ban going to the theater. So in our day and age, watching a movie, they would ban that. They would say, no, that's distracting. That's devil worship. Sometimes they would say that. Um, when we look at that, we kind of go, that's a bit too far. Uh, so the, the Puritans treated everything that wasn't in the Bible with suspicion and fear. And we will call it straight up legalism. Okay, so Puritans were great. But in that sense, uh, they were a little bit too legalistic, let's say. That, that's one extreme, but then there's also the other extreme. Uh, it's the extreme where Christians, we think to ourselves, if the Bible doesn't mention it, then it's okay for us as Christians to do. Um, so what I do in my free time is up to me, kind of thing. Um, I am free in Christ, so I'm free to do whatever I want with my free time. That's kind of the statement that uh, these people say. I think uh, this position sort of emphasizes a, an arms-wide-open Christian liberty uh, to our leisure activity, to what we do in our free time. I think this is the most uh, widespread, in particularly and personally in my generation uh, of, of Christians, so the millennial Christians. Uh, we kind of have overcompensated as a reaction against uh, maybe our parents' religion, our, our parents' Christian faith, uh, being a bit too legalistic. But as a result, we ended up sort of embracing pretty much anything that the culture churns itself out uh, against us. So those are the kind of two extremes, but today we're talking about if this works. Apologies. Oh, okay. We'll turn it off. All right. Um, so I guess the question that I'm proposing to us in this time is, 
what is the right approach when it comes to the great activity of watching Netflix? Uh, what is the right approach when we scroll through our YouTube algorithm or getting up to date with my fantasy football league or going out to play basketball in our, in our competitions? Does God really have something to say in our free time is what we're dealing with today as we wind ourselves down throughout the week. Should we be like the Puritans more so? Kind of avoid things that are fun just to be safe? Or should we just check, take a chill pill and just enjoy life and, and don't worry about thinking about God and just do whatever makes us happy as we wind down after a long day. Um, it's true that the Bible doesn't give us a clear-cut command on whether or not we should watch that really popular Netflix show that just came out, but it's also true that the passage in particular that we're dealing with today that we uh, read does teach us some biblical principles that I think really do apply to how we approach, uh, how we wind ourselves down after a long day. Uh, to put it in the, Apostles Paul words, uh, in the Apostle Paul's words, he says, Whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. But we're going to kind of unpack what that means for us. There are three points today. Uh, how do we wind down on the couch, in front of our screen, or going out to play golf with our friends to the glory of God? How do we wind down to the glory of God? Um, I'll just give that to you. We'll start with the positive, okay? Winding down in our free time is God's idea. Um, it's God's idea and we were meant to enjoy it as his people. It's a gift. Verse 23, all things are lawful. In another translation we read, all things are permissible. And then verse 26, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Everything in the world is God's, in other words. But do we really consider life like that? I think often we divide up our life in two categories. We think of it in the spiritual category and then the everything else category, don't we? We think of church, obviously spiritual. Uh, reading the Bible, spiritual. Praying, spiritual. Grocery shopping, probably everything else. Scrolling on our smartphones, everything else. We kind of divide it up into those two categories, whether we know it intentionally or not. But that, I just want to speak into that and challenge that because the fact of the matter is, what we read here is that Paul is claiming that everything in the world is God's. He owns it all. All creation, God owns it. So if we think of spiritual things and define it, and we think of spiritual things equals things related to God, then you could say that everything can be spiritual in a way. Everything can be spiritual in a way. I'll put it differently. There is no part of the Christian life that Jesus doesn't say, this is mine. That includes our free time spent winding down the day, binge watching the next show that the algorithm recommends to us. Even that, Jesus says, is mine. So this means that there is a divine, really genuine, divine, godly purpose behind whatever we do to wind down on a Tuesday night after a busy day of work or responsibility. In fact, those moments when we can just 
sit on the couch and genuinely enjoy that movie or laugh at a, at a comedy show or get into that hobby we love, we have to understand that these are God's gifts given to us to enjoy. Look at Ecclesiastes 3, verse 9 to 13 with me. Um, we don't have it on the screen, but I'll read it for us. Ecclesiastes is fantastic at dealing with this particular subject. And obviously, I don't have time to preach through all of it, so I just picked a couple of verses here. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 9 to 13. What gain has the worker from his toil? I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And also he has put eternity into man's heart, yet so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. I have perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. And also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. To enjoy the sweet moments of, of winding down after a long and solid day of work. To have a good meal with your friends. To drink that ice cold beverage and watch that movie that you've been wanting to watch. Or whatever you want to do to reward yourself in your free time. The book of Ecclesiastes is saying those moments are God's gift to you. There is nothing spiritually neutral about our free time spent winding down. Free time is fruitful. It is spiritually nourishing. It is spiritually fruitful. Using free time for leisure, I think it's fruitful in one way. It reminds us of our human limits. And that's what the author of Ecclesiastes is trying to get at. None of us can work 24-7, right? Even the best of us cannot work 24-7. All of us, we need time to switch off. We need time to relax and enjoy the little things in life. And it's in those moments where our souls are reminded that we are not limitless, that we are not God, that we are human. And it's a good thing to feel our limitations as we wind down the day. And another way we find that free time is spiritually fruitful is that it kind of helps us to feel implicit gratitude in our hearts. If we really recognize that the small hobbies that we like to enjoy in our free time as we wind down are God's special gift to us, that summons up in us implicitly a sense of gratitude. What does this look like though? Well, we have to go to another passage for this, Philippians 4.8. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, Finally, brothers, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So the Apostle Paul speaks, uh, it gives his command in the context of prayer, but I think it's equally applicable to what we're talking about here. The Christian in our everyday life can walk with God even if, we don't intentionally and constantly think about God all day, every day. We don't need to think about God 24-7 in order for us to properly walk with God. God is glorified 
when we use the moments of everyday life as followers of Jesus to enjoy life. Just enjoying life. God is pleased when we live our life well. When we laugh at a good comedy show. When we watch an excellent, I don't know, theater production. When you watch a good TV show or go out and and hang out with your friends and play basketball together to wind yourself down. In all the midst of that, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, those moments where you feel these emotions and we think on these things, we're actually feeding our souls. We're we're being spiritually fruitful and we're filling our souls in those moments. Feeling good, feeling delight and pleasure and just enjoying life in general, they're not anti-Christian emotions. Christians are not at our best when we talk about how painful life is and we talk about how sinful everything is and how we're depressed all the time. God is glorified best. Christians live our life best when we enjoy those moments in life that are good, those small moments. What we do in our free time matters because it's a gift from God. God made us to enjoy our downtime. When we savor those moments and appreciate the joy we find in our, in our hobbies and leisure and wind down after a long day, God gave that to you, brothers and sisters. The Christian life has more than enough room for a bit of downtime, a bit of winding down. We can enjoy our free time just as much as, I think even more than maybe the non-Christian. Because we can acknowledge that it has divine origins, that it's from God. Enjoy it to the glory of God. Savor it, the moments where you you wind down uh, with the things that we personally love to do with our free time. Soak it in. The earth is the Lord's. Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. A part of doing these things to the glory of God is to enjoy it in God. God wants you to enjoy life. Have fun. And delight in the little things in life in the midst of our our busy lives. So don't forget that next time we find a little bit of spare time in our schedule to watch some Netflix. But having said this, and these things are absolutely true, some of us might be thinking in our back of our minds, but there's something wrong with this problem. Of course there is. There's another side of the coin. Paul says, All things are lawful, this is verse 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. So everything in the world is God's. But not everything in the world that is God's is always going to be a good thing for us. Depending on the circumstances, of course. So Paul, the Apostle Paul here, illustrates this by giving an example. In verse uh, 27, he says... If one of the unbelievers invites you to dinner and you are disposed to go, eat whatever is set before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if someone says to you, this has been offered in sacrifice, then do not eat it for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. Let's unpack this a little. So what does he mean? The Corinthian Christians were dealing with a good problem to have. They were recent converts out of Roman paganism. So they used to worship like Jupiter and all the Roman gods. 
And they still had friends who were not Christian, who were Roman pagan. And what the Roman pagans used to do when they went to church or temple is instead of hearing a preacher preach like we're doing today, they would bring in a cow, they would you know, slaughter the cow and sacrifice the cow to whatever god that they're worshipping at the time. But back then, meat was valuable. So they wouldn't just waste the cow. They would sacrifice it symbolically to you know, Jupiter. And then they would remove it and then they would have butchers on standby to uh, package up the meat for everybody uh, on that day to take home, to have, to eat. Okay? So that's what they're dealing with. Paul is saying, look, if your non-Christian friend invites you to dinner, just eat the meat. Because you and I know that there is no, no difference between meat that is sacrificed to false gods and meat that isn't. It's just meat. God's created everything. It's just meat. Just eat it. But if your friend goes, oh, hang on a second. I just want you to be okay with this. This was actually sacrificed to my God last weekend. I know you're a Christian. I know you don't worship other gods. So just letting you know. If he says that, then it's better for you to say, oh, okay, then uh, it's okay. I won't eat it. For the sake of the non-Christian friend. So the point of that is, Christians were allowed to eat everything that the world uh, that God created, but pagans didn't believe that of Christians. So, for the sake of your pagan friend, it's better to say no in certain situations and circumstances, so that it would be helpful to you and to your friend. Okay, eating meat is not bad, but circumstantially here, it's not helpful. What we do in and of itself may not be explicitly sinful, but depending on circumstance and context, very important, circumstance and context, it's better to not do it. The question that determines whether we should, uh, whether we should do or not do as we wind down, you know, try to pick the activities that we want to do in order to wind down or use our free time is, is it helpful? Is it helpful? Very simple. Is it helpful? What we do in our free time matters. Free time isn't frivolous. That's the title of the second point. Free time isn't frivolous. It doesn't mean we are free to do whatever we want because God cares what we choose to do in our free time, friends. Free time isn't an excuse to be frivolous in what I do with it. Let me talk about something here. Um, I'm not talking about things that the Bible says is clearly sinful, right? That's not what we're dealing with. The Bible helpfully gives us, you know, a good way to live. There are some white things. There are some, there are some uh, white areas. There are some black areas in terms of behavior and morality that the Bible gives us, and they're helpful. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, the gray areas, the, the 90% of our life today that... The Bible doesn't actually address explicitly, but how do we navigate that? Um, if you want a resource to uh, dig deeper into this, there's a book called Grey Matters called uh, Grey Matters by Brett McCracken. Um, had it in the slide. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an excellent book. Um, it's helped me a lot to uh, find some nuance and and wisdom in in navigating that grey space without being you know Puritan or, or or being you know a nonchalant about you know what I what I do with my life. But anyways. 
My point is, I'm talking about things like, should I or should I not watch this movie on Netflix? I'm, think, I'm talking about things like, is going out to play ball on a Tuesday night helpful? Is that good? Here's a good one that my parents would disagree with. Playing some video games, is that sinful or is that helpful? Now, depending on circumstance and context, watching a movie, going out to play some ball, turning on your PlayStation, these could be good things. But they also might not be. And this is really important. God has given us the responsibility to make judgment calls. I think the idea of judging has been kind of, we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater because we know that we shouldn't judge other people. Like that's, that's a good and godly thing, right? We shouldn't presume on the actions and intentions and, and the hearts of other people. And that's absolutely true. And I affirm that. But there's also the other side, which is God calls us to make judgment calls about life, whether this is good or whether this is bad for me. Christians are called to judge, not other people, but our own actions. We can't just blindly spend our time frivolously. 1 Thessalonians 5.21-22 says, Test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Ephesians 5.15-17 says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. These two verses and, uh, and plenty of other New Testament verses call Christians to discern. Winding down is no different. In winding down as Christians, we are not mindlessly doing it and we shouldn't, but we should take that opportunity to mindfully discern a little. Discernment is a critical feature of a Christian. A mature Christian is a discerning Christian. An immature Christian, in my view, is someone who lacks discernment. It doesn't look the same for everyone. That's why it's a little bit hard for us to do. Because discernment, it would be great if God gave us all this, like this massive list do this, don't do this, in all areas of life. But he doesn't. He gives us a mind, a heart, and a spirit to discern. So it doesn't look the same for everyone. We all have different interests. We all have different weaknesses. It looks unique to each person. But just because it's unique to each person doesn't mean that we should celebrate any and all kinds of activity that we participate in in our free time as we wind down because that is just foolishness and Christians are not meant to be fools is it helpful to you is it helpful to you I mean think about the way that we consume media we live in a glorious age of the internet where we have streaming services available to us and I personally love watching movies through Netflix. I love spending my time, just free time winding down, looking at my YouTube algorithm on YouTube shorts and TikTok and just going through the videos, right? Am I the only one here? 
A lot of us like doing that. But if I can confess, it's rather mindless. Just, you know, viewing the, the shorts as it goes, as it goes. Even with Netflix, it might not be like 30 second videos, but all the things that are recommended for you. Do we really stop and discern, is this really helpful for me? Probably not. We just click on play. If it's boring, we switch it off. If it's engaging, we keep watching. There's no real Christian thought in the matter. But that's the challenge. What if we, ac- what if we actually exercise some self-control? That's just fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? And we chose to watch certain things and chose not to watch certain things. Or well, here's a challenge. Or just skipping certain scenes. You know what I'm talking about. That are not as helpful to us as Christians. See, if God has given us free time to enjoy, and He has, then surely He cares about what we do in that free time. Right? God has given us free time to enjoy. Then of course He cares about what we do in that. So, we shouldn't necessarily be like the Puritans that we talked about and just ban everything that's fun. Right? That's a, that's a sad life. But at the same time, we shouldn't mindlessly just accept everything that culture churns out. We shouldn't mindlessly spend our time winding down but vegging out at the same time on the couch in front of the screen and just watch whatever you know, the YouTube algorithm puts in front of us. Free time is an excuse for us to be frivolous. And this leads us to our third and final point. Free time isn't free. Free time isn't free. Verse 23 goes on. Paul says, All things are lawful, but not all things build up. What is free time to us? Why do we love winding down after a long day of work? It's because we're meant to feel refreshed and uplifted, aren't we? We wind down because we want to relax a little. And that's God's gift to us. It's meant to help us enjoy the little moments in life as we, as we wind down and appreciate the good gifts that God gives to us. But here is the problem. I don't know about you guys. I know I'm not alone though. But whenever I mindlessly binge something, whether it's on Netflix or YouTube or Disney Plus or whatever streaming service that you use, most of the time I actually don't feel refreshed and uplifted. In fact, sometimes I feel more drained than before. Have you ever felt that way? On YouTube and then check oh my gosh, it's been four hours, it's 3 a.m., I need to go to bed. You don't feel refreshed. I don't feel built up at all. I'm going to spend some time talking about technology and entertainment because I think, I think we do spend our time winding down with doing other things, but I think in this day and age, a, a large portion of us winding down is the technology and entertainment space. Yeah. So let me just talk a little bit about that. The things we do in our free time as we wind down our day have more of an effect on us than we might be willing to admit. It affects us more than we know. When we watch that YouTube and we follow that algorithm for hours on end, it might not be building us up as Christians, but it's certainly building something in us. Okay? What we do during our free time, the things we watch, the things we hear, 
They carry significant power. Think of the word discipleship. We think of the word discipleship as something to do with Christians, right? We, we, we think discipleship equals, oh, when I disciple someone as an older Christian with a younger Christian, or when you're a younger Christian, you want to be discipled by an older Christian. We, we think of it in, in religious terms. But discipleship also happens in our free time outside the church from our Mondays to Sundays. Because what is discipleship? Discipleship is just a fancy word for saying formation. It's how we're formed, how our hearts, how our minds and our hearts are being formed. Think about, think about our kids. Think about the kids that you might have. We don't show certain things to our children, right? We, we don't want to expose them to certain activities because we know that if we do, it will shape them. It will form their perception of the world. We filter content for our kids. I mean, especially when they access the internet, right? And that's a good thing to do. I think that's a, a godly thing to do as a, as a Christian parent. We want them to be formed in, a, in, in the way that God calls them to be formed. But then we all know, the older, uh, the, the parents in this room who have older kids, we know that we can't hold back the, the storm for long because they'll go to school, right? They go to school and we can't control what they're exposed to at school. How many of us as parents have seen our kids change within a month of sending them to school? Within a year of sending them to school? We don't know what they're exposed to at school. They are being formed and shaped. And of course, in that sphere, we need to trust God, uh, that God will look after them. But think of it as adults. I think what happens is, as adults, we think that we grow out of that. We, we think that we, we can avoid being influenced like our kids. But that's not true. That's not true. We never stop being discipled. We are constantly being formed and shaped and changed by everything we are taking in from Monday to Sunday. The things we enjoy without much thought in our free time, it's costing you something. Our free time is not free. Our minds and our hearts, God has designed them to be like sponges. We absorb things. If we don't think about something, we end up just absorbing it. When we watch things and play things and listen to things, in our free time, winding down, your mind and your heart, in that moment, even if you know it or not, is soaking everything in. We become more and more like what we like. We become more and more like what we like. What you do in your free time, brothers and sisters, will cost you something. Not just your time, but your mind and your heart. Discipleship happens through what we consume on the couch. In our free time then, what do we do? I think we need to first develop a habit of counting the cost, if you will. And I don't mean 
being a wet blanket and just overanalyzing everything that you listen and watch, I, I don't think that's fun at all. Like, I think that's not a good way to spend our time winding down. But I think there is a, a, a thing that we can do that's quite easy. We just need to raise our ability to recognize the thing that we're watching or the thing that we're listening to. Oh, we actually, I am actually being moved and influenced by this. I think that goes really far in terms of um, recognizing and, and, and going against, I guess, the bad part of uh, the bad things that we encounter um, in our free time. Awareness of the cost will help us guard our hearts a little bit against the things that do not build us up. See, Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you might discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Colossians 3, 1-3, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Again, these are just two passages out of many passages throughout the Old Testament that call us to, uh, to evaluate, will you walk in accordance to the world? Or will you walk in accordance to God's will? There is a dichotomy at play, even in our free time. These two passages tell us you and I have a choice every time we spend our winding down time, doing whatever it is that we like to do. Will you let the world and this earth influence us more? Or will you let God's will and the things above influence us more? We, we, we make a choice, whether we know it or not, to say yes to the things of this world or yes to the redemptive qualities of the things that we consume that are godly. We might think that discipleship only happens in church, but hopefully you're convinced now that it's not the case. Discipleship happens everywhere. You and I are being discipled all the time, from Monday all the way up to Sunday. Even in, and sometimes most especially and powerfully in our free time, because that's when our guard is down mostly, isn't it? That's when we're mindlessly scrolling through YouTube. Discipleship is happening. So be intentional about what you consume mentally and emotionally in those moments because God deeply cares about our free time but he also cares much, much, much more about our own spiritual formation. A part of that formation can go the other way if we're not careful in how we approach our free time as we wind down the day. Free time isn't free. Counting the cost and making sure that you know what you're taking in is important and how much it's taking away from you, perhaps, before you do the things that you want to do in your free time. That's my challenge to you. Just being aware that your free time isn't free. It's costing you something in that moment. We become more and more like what we like. God cares about our free time, brothers and sisters. And it's a great thing that he does because when we wind down, we can think, this is his idea. This is so good. We can use it and enjoy it freely. But since it's his to begin with, like everything else in this world, like everything else in our life, we enjoy it best when we use it in the right way. And these are some of the ways that I think we can start to approach how we wind down. Free time is fruitful to us. Free time is 
isn't supposed to be frivolous. Free time isn't free. Winding down after a long day of work is an awesome thing to do, but it's doubly more awesome if we recognize that God has given it to us. Whether we drink, whether we eat, whether we play basketball, scroll on YouTube, watch Netflix, play video games, or whatever we do in our downtime, do it all to the glory of God. Do it all to the glory of God. Let me finish with this. I think many of us, at least for me, if we think of that pendulum, the Puritans here and then the Libertarians here, I think most of us grew up in churches, if you did grow up in churches, that veer more closely to legalism than the other. We don't like it. right? We grew up kind of reacting against it. And that's, that's and rightly so. I think legalism, in its worst forms, it steals this genuine God-given joy that God gives to us in the little moments of life. The Tuesday evening, when we have some free time to wind down, it's my own time and I can do whatever I want, and, and just savoring that to the glory of God. That's good. But I think, at least from my experience and observation, I think maybe we've gone too much in the other direction, a little bit too much. Um, we recognize that legalism is bad, but then we don't want restrictions at all. We don't want to think about whether this thing that we do in our free time is helpful or not helpful. Uh, we don't want to you know, discern in the movies that we watch or the TV shows that we watch or the scenes that we should or shouldn't skip. And in the process, I think we are being discipled more by the culture that we're consuming rather than the church and the Lord Jesus Christ. Character and virtue matters to us as Christians, brothers and sisters. What we take in influences us. We are being shaped and formed day to day from our Mondays to Sundays. And that is what God cares about more than us enjoying our free time. See, verse 23 says, All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. The pendulum game. There is a wise way to approach our free time, winding down after a long day, without being legalistic, without having this nonchalant free attitude. Let's enjoy our free time to the glory of God. Let's wind down by having fun in our hobbies. But let's also learn to say no to some things. To practice discernment and moderation to, to be built up more in God than in the things of the world. Let's pray.